We changing the game on the name, put respect. Uncle Dad talks, yeah, live and direct. What did you expect from the two fly guys? One love Kevin Smith, one or more is Golden Eye. Mike's the level-headed, baby gave edits. Uncle Dad gets nervous all the time, but to his credit, he's clever. Spring stuff on Mike on a daily. He can mangle up a name amazingly. The range of events and topics makes it hard to stop listening. So why even attempt it? From bare knuckle fighting to Grammy songwriting to Burning Man flames. To firefighter video games and many, many more than I could put in a verse. Just subscribe, tune in to Uncle Dad. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Uncle Dad Talks. I'm your man, Uncle Dad. And with me as always is the ever so handsome Mike Hampton. Hello, hello. Do you like that? My little uh, DJ, my radio voice? My yeah. Come on down. Yeah. It's like your late night R&B hour on the hip hop station. <laughs> We're now tuning into the sounds. I've always wanted to do that. I've always but, wanted to be like, you're listening to the hurricane on 92.7, where it's always about the thunder of love. In between the sheets. The thunder in between the sheets. <laughs> Not we'll right the farting. Back. Not no. the farting where you <laughs> squirt. <laughs> As heard on previous episode. That's right. <laughs> People are still uh, talking about it. Yeah, they're still it's it broke the internet. It definitely yeah. broke the internet. <laughs> uh yes, Mike, hello, welcome. Uh this week's episode is probably one of my most anticipated episodes I think we've ever done. I think it's definitely this for me nerve wracking. Uh because this person, even though it isn't the person who created the art, is pretty much the the legacy that is preserving this person's art. And before I describe, I mean, you already know who it is because you've seen the description. But before I announce that, let's talk about some things as we always do. First off, of course, I think we should announce our holiday party, mm-hmm. uh, which is going to be December sixteenth at Clandestine Brewing. Uh, we're going right. to have. Any, are we going to have any special guests, Mike? Working on it. Working on it. Okay. Oh, Still working on it. Working on it. I've got, I've got one of two confirmed. Okay. Good. Good. Uh, I don't want to say who it is yet, but it's a pretty big one, I would say. Yeah. We can't We can't release just yet. No. Not yet. Not yet. But yes, the December 16th at our favorite place, uh, the Clandestine Brewing in San Jose, California. Uh, please check them out from 6 p.m. to 11. I got some... It's an ugly sweater party, so please bring your ugly sweater if you got it. We're going to do some giveaways. Uh, we're going to do another raffle. Uh, of course, Clandestine's going to be raffling – or not raffling, but a competition with the ugliest sweater. And the winner of the ugliest sweater will win a $100 gift card to the brewery. And who doesn't want 100 bucks to spend at a brewery? If you do, I don't want to know you. <laughs> I mean, if you don't want one, I don't want to know you. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Good save. Good save. There, there we go. <laughs> good That's save. What I yeah, I got it. Uh, yeah. So December sixteenth from six p.m. to eleven p.m. at Clandestine Brewing. Bring your ugly sweaters and your good attitudes, and it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, and of course, our next agenda is uh, keep voting for us, please, at podcastmagazine.com forward slash hot fifty. If you heard the past episodes, you know what I'm talking about. Just go. Hit that link. I'm actually going to start putting that link in the website. So if you go to UncleDadTalks.com, it'll be right there. Click it. Follow it. Vote, 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 vote. We really appreciate it. And our last announcement, and I'll let Mike announce it. Where are we going uh, January? Hold on. I need the dates. Where are we going on January? January. Where? We. Sixth or eighth. We are going to one of my favorite places in the world. 
And as Bob Dylan said, there are a lot of places I like, but I like New Orleans better. Oh, you like how I did that? Yeah. I do like that. Color yeah. me impressed, my friend. <laughs> okay, where's my favorite magic marker? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, that is right. We're going to be at Fat Expo uh, New Orleans again for the second year in a row. But this year, we got some pretty big things happening there. Uh, we actually may have a booth. Uh, we're still getting those details ironed out, but you'll, by the next episode, we'll have that officially confirmed. Uh, but yes, so please, please come down, support us. Uh, we have, I think also, like, we just want to meet people who listen to the show. I think, Mike, hopefully you agree. It'd be nice to kind of really see the fruition of that. So if you are in the area, please come say hi. Yeah, if you're uh, in, in, the, in the South, particularly New Orleans, we really want to meet you uh, if you listen to the show. So yeah, come on. Come on out. And Fan Expo is a great time. And it's New Orleans right, is a great time. Yes, it's New Orleans is yeah, a great time. A great time. <laughs> good man, good man. All right, so uh, now that's all out the way, let's talk about today's guest. So today's guest truly is the embodiment of the legacy. I can't speak of the, uh, enough great things about it. Uh, this person's art, or the, her grandfather's art, is probably one of the most recognizable pieces of artwork or styles of artwork in the world, I would say. Uh, I don't know if you would agree with that, Mike. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, especially if you're someone who goes to Fan Expo. Oh, <laughs> I like that. See? I like that. Um, additionally, what I love about this person's art is that, you know, Mike, you and I had a conversation about uh, about their grandfather. And let's be honest, I think it kind of goes like Jack Kirby and this person. I don't know if you would uh, still agree to that statement. In the world of comics? Yes. Yeah, I, I would say they're, they're both uh, – Yes, um, definitely the grandfathers, so to speak, of of different styles of art that you see in comics, for sure. Absolutely, and, and it, realistically, this person probably inspired so many artists to count, and some of them we you know we know personally, some of them you know I'm I'm a big fan of. I mean, just there's very few artists that really can do what this person did, and what that person, who that person is, is the legendary. Frank Frazetta. Now, we have talked about Frank Frazetta quite a bit on the show uh, every now and then, uh, just talking about him, how great his artwork is. Artists that we have interviewed have talked about how great his art is. So many people are influenced by this gentleman. And, you know, obviously we can't have him with us, but we have the next best thing, and that is the granddaughter, the proprietor of his legacy, Sarah Frazetta, on the show. And now let me tell you, Mike, I am trembling with excitement. I see you <laughs> trembling. Yeah, uh, it's 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 crazy, man. I don't think I ever would have thought that I would have you know through the show we could talk to a Frazetta. Well, at first I thought you were having an earthquake in San Jose, but it is the fact that you're just trembling. In fact, oh, you can so, you can hear all that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can hear. I can see everything's shaking. Um, yeah, obviously, anytime that you can have someone that's bloodline related to one of the greatest artists of our time um you know influential and beyond like yeah obviously i i feel honored as well being someone who's grown up in comics and going to conventions and seeing his art everywhere uh almost my whole life so um yeah i'm also in my own way trembling yeah it's it's crazy and also like you know frank rosetta did a lot of artwork for musicians he did he did covers for kiss i mean one of that one of the most legendary kiss covers out there he did you know i want to say it's Detroit Rock City, I believe. That's the album. I could be incorrect, but if you saw the artwork, you would definitely know. But I just 
it's crazy. It's just crazy that we're going to speak to this to speak to the bloodline. You know, the next best thing, of course. And you, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I'm going to try to contain my excitement, be professional, and uh, not be like you, and uh, you know, make my pants turn a different color. <laughs> yeah, well, not everyone can be like me, so. Uh, you do you whatever whatever you need to do to have something turn a different color (laughs) and on that note we'll be right back after this break with the legendary granddaughter the proprietor of the Frazetta legacy Frazetta girls uh, the one and only Sarah Frazetta well all right all right all right we are back with uh, Mike Mike say hello again Hello, hello. But we're not here to talk to you, Mike. We're no. here to talk to somebody way more important. Sorry. <laughs> uh, even even more lovely, uh, the granddaughter of somebody I, I pretty much worship. Uh, not like that, though. Not in a weird way. <laughs> but the legendary Frank Fazetta. Let's give it up, everybody, please, for Sarah Fazetta. Hi, how are you? Oh, hello. Thank you for having yeah. me. And you know that first part's subjective and about important, but you know we can we can definitely agree agree Frank Rosetta was was the most mm. important. <laughs> I would say you're more important than Mike, that's for sure. It's okay, I'm okay. Sorry, 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 Mike. I mean, I'm I'm fully aware that that is the truth, so I'm I'm happy with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you you just accept it. You know, you accept the reality of of your of your life, right, Mike? There are things that you just accept every day, and this is one of them. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that's, how you, that's how you get through life, you know, accept it. Yeah, yes, exactly. Uh, Sarah, thank you so much for being on. It truly is an honor to have you on. Uh, I would say like just having you here and feeling your energy, even if it's from abroad, is just so exciting. And, uh, you know, I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate Frank's work. Um, on this show, I would say Frank's name gets brought up at least probably once every other episode uh, because we've interviewed a lot of artists that also have been influenced by him who have actually done work for the books uh dan brereton has also done a cover for uh, your death dealer series uh so you know it's just beyond exciting to have you on here so again i don't mean to keep gushing and mike mike knows on this show we gush a lot when we're inspired by people so i'm, I'm already turning red so oh i love the gushing no that's great yeah, yeah. <laughs> no that's great yeah it's it's really incredible how many people in, in different like in, in different paths of lives how many people he influenced from musicians to 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 artists to actors to you know to filmmakers it's and and just everyday people that just love art you know you don't even have to be in the art field and and you see his work and it was it's just so powerful it's 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 two dimensional yet it has this life of its own this feeling and and every painting the the older i get and the more invested i get into running a legacy company uh for my grandfather i i'm able to just really go in and see it more from fans perspective rather than the perspective of just being his granddaughter and have, have been around it my whole life and it truly is incredible what he what he did when in his lifetime yeah, I think uh, Frank's artwork is like tied into your point. It's like it just truly you look at it and then you just know what it is. You know, very few people can replicate that. I mean, as you can see behind me, you know, I have the, the Death Leader behind me, you know, and Death yeah, Hitler, it's just yeah. it's it's something that you just instantly get. Nobody really paints like him or, you know, it's just it's it's something that I I wish that Mike could even paint that well, but I know he can. That's okay, Mike. <laughs> I, I'm trying, you know. <laughs> not, not many can. Not, not many, many can. can. No, no. Yeah, he, he just likes to cut me down at no. least once, once an episode. So <laughs> he, he's on a roll this time. 
Hey, we, we all have partners like that, whether it's business, love, they like to just break us down mm-hmm. a little bit and <laughs> I don't, I don't know, maybe it's karmic, yeah. Mike. I have, I have, yeah, you got to keep it. I have people like that in my life too. I'm like, damn, must've had some bad karma I had to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mike. <laughs> yeah, Mike. Past life karma, yeah, Mike. We're both just coming at you now. <laughs> you guys don't mind if I just log off right here and <laughs> listen. Uh, uh, so Sarah, for those who don't know who you are and what you do, can we just kind of get an introduction to that for our audience? Yeah, of course. So I'm Sarah Frazetta, the granddaughter of Frank Frazetta, and I run FrazettaGirls.com. Uh, we started, I started it with my mom back in 2014. Um, it was, my grandpa passed away in 2010 and his legacy was kind of, it would have been fine without us, definitely, but it would, it'll be, it'll last forever. But we really wanted to do the things that he never had a chance to do in his lifetime with what he had already built. And I was at a point in my life kind of pivoting from working with, um, I had just graduated from college. I, um, I was working at, at a sound, like I always liked um, entertainment. I always wanted to get into entertainment. And I, at that point in time, I didn't realize what my grandfather did for the entertainment world. I just never put it together, which is a strange thing. And when my mom approached me to, to start this company and um, continue his legacy, I was like, this is, this sounds fun, but of course, like it didn't really become a, a real business and that I could only do this, this one thing until God, years later, 2019, really like it's just, it's just the reality of it, even if with a name with like Frank Frazetta. So yeah, an online brand, um, get kind of gatekeeping Frazetta. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a little bit about me. Yeah. Well, let me, I'll just say like, was that something that you all talked to Frank about before he passed? Like, hey, this is something that wh- – where do you wh- – was there a conversation about how this was going to go? Or is this just – like, how did it come to be that, that, that you and, uh, and your mom did this? So it's, a, it's a good question. It's a, it's a, a long answer, but I'll try to keep it uh, as short as okay, possible. Go ahead. Give it long. Make it long. Uh, there was a lot what? of <laughs> – so there was a, a – my grandma was the business person in the, in the relationship. So my grandma was handling all of the merchandising uh, for many years. And she, this is weird, but she always said she's never going to die. And I, I kind of think she thought that because she never made a will or like a trust or anything for her kids. And I think she was always like, I, 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 again, very odd, but I think she was thinking she was going to live forever. So she didn't, she didn't plan for dying, which we're all going to do. And um, so it left the estate in a pretty bad place after she had passed away and my grandpa was alive. My grandpa had dementia at this time. And, uh, you know, to, to, for more context, he never paid a bill in his life. So the business thing wasn't his his thing. His, his, his thing was creating the art and staying in that mindset. So he didn't have to have stresses from, you know, everyday crap that we have to deal with. But so he was that, he was that person that, that, that didn't have to pay an electric bill. So you're, you're going to leave someone like that, a, a will to, and, 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 and a, a, a per, like he's going to have to d- divide his estate with his kids. And so it was a lot, it was a lot of stress for him. Um, his kids did end up fighting um, for not, honestly, it was a pretty bad family feud. There was a lot of drama. Um, 
And, and that made it seem like it was a more intense thing than it really was. But it was just, you know, it was lawyers cashing in, um, making more problems than there had to be. They, they, they had everything resolved in about two years. And which if, if my grandfather had original paintings, like the collection could be valued at like over $90 million. So the fact that they only fought about it for two years, I'd say is pretty, pretty impressive because people fight over a small house for a decade. And that's just, it's people, it's nature. So they finally got that all resolved. And then once it was resolved legally, that's when my mom was like, Hey, we all get to be part of this legacy. Now, this is when I, she offered me the position to help her build this at the time. It wasn't, you know, like now we like to call it the Frazetta girls. It's the Frazetta brand. Um, for what, from what we're doing up from a merchandising standpoint, licensing standpoint. But at the time it was just, Hey, let's make some t-shirts with the Frazetta name on it. Bring these old vintage posters that we've had in the basement since the seventies and go to some comic cons and see what happens. So that's where, that's the origin of what Frazetta girls, what we had to build with. We, we had all of the, obviously the usage of Frank Frazetta's art, but at that point we, we had no idea what we were doing in terms of an online stores or licensing or anything really so it was all new and to this day we we my partner and i joe he's he's a, a partner now with frazetta girls and we always say we're just getting started because it's just it's constant learning curves and 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 it, with my grandfather's catalog of artwork it's just it, there's just a lot in his career it was it was very diverse it like went from comics to movie posters to uh, paperback covers and and he just, he was such a um, eccentric enigma and, and had, there's so much to learn about him as a person because I never got that opportunity to learn about him as like the legendary Frank Frazetta at the time. I, I was born in 88 and we had a few good years together, but then he had major strokes in 96. So I was still very young. So I, I knew the grandfather, the Frank Frazetta that was a grandfather that was, um, not as articulate. And so, so learning about him in this way has been like a really special blessing. And it's really cool that I get to do this. Yeah. It's great that how you how someone's legacy can just live on, especially when you work in the world of art, right? It's just that thing that'll always just kind of just be with us. And even, even if he wasn't a celebrated artist, right? Like thankfully he is, but even if he wasn't, it's such a great way to get to know you know your relatives through the way they painted, right? Because then you start to kind of figure out like, you know, what, what were they thinking during that time frame? I mean, just so many questions get brought up, and and I think sometimes you even find answers within those in the, in that artwork. So I think that's so beautiful that you're able to discover your 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 grandfather through 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 this, through this brand and through his legacy. So I think, and I just think that's exciting. I mean, that's definitely more exciting than I can say about my grandfather. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's a good point you brought up, like learning about him through his art. I think. I think so much of his art, the, the, what, what I find the most amazing is, is the way that he created movement, again, in, in a two-dimensional form, and the way that the bodies are moving, and it's like this, this standstill frame of the peak action, and he was, he was that, and that was, again, the, the Frank Frazetta that I didn't know was that, was that super active, su super athletic, could have been a baseball player, always hitting golf balls, you know, just like... And I don't know why the genes didn't pass down because I'm just, <laughs> I feel like I'm 90. I'm like, oh my God, my neck. But um, he, he was just super athletic and, and flexible. And I mean, I, I don't, I think that at the time, like his the careers were more, more limited than what the opportunities we have now. But 
you know, he was living now um, at my age. Like I could have seen him definitely like in, in films and he could have been a great actor with his ability with just overall movement. He was, he was, he was talented in everything. He was one of those people that you're just like, how are they so good at everything they do? Damn mm. them. Yeah, <laughs> and they look good. Damn it. <laughs> And he's yeah. handsome. Oh, like, what? He's, he's perfect. What, yeah. Is this? Tr- it's, it's is crazy. it true that he would pose for his for the reference of the uh, for his own paintings? Like, he would do the the pose, and then they would photograph it, and then he would use that for the reference. Yeah, and I mean, there was a there was this like myth going on for a long a, a, a legend, a, an urban legend. He he would. Um, he had this guy that was his, his good friend and he had him like write this statement and it was online for a while that he had never used any references and he only uses things from his head. But this was post illness. My grandpa had thyroid issues from when he was 58 and he had strokes. And so he was kind of, I don't know, I think he was just like playing along with this and maybe even thought that maybe because he so seldomly used references that he could say, make a statement like that. But in the years that we've been digging into the archives and and just studying his body of work, there's a lot of places that you can see, like where you 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 know you put a picture that he took right by the side of the painting and go, okay, you definitely use this as a reference or um, just. But but I, I don't. I think more so. I think in in part he did have a photographic memory in a way, like where he could get into a pose and then say, okay, I, I know I don't have to. Again, he didn't have accessibility like we have where we could take a selfie on our iPhone and just like just like that, like go and reference it. He'd have to go into his dark room, develop a photo. So I think he could just get himself into a pose and then go back to the canvas and say, okay, now now I understand how it has to be. Um, but there were definitely instances um, where he would use himself. And he, he had a mirror next to his canvas, or his easel rather. So he, he most of the paintings look like him and it's because mm. it, it is him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting... He knew he was yeah, handsome. I was, gonna, I was just going to say, like, it, it, you know, it's yeah. interesting. You know, I wanted to kind of step back to that him being handsome thing because I, I saw a picture with him, uh, with uh, him and Clint Eastwood, I believe, and it was just like, it's like, dude, these both both of these people could easily just be in a movie together. You know what I mean? And I think both of them do art, so it's like, how? How? Like to your point, how is it that like these these handsome people just get away tell me mike how does it happen tell me <laughs> i i mean i you're asked i don't know let's ask someone <laughs> so it's a it's it's a god-given gift we don't know it's the the uh secrets of the universe <laughs> yeah i don't know I, I just i just think it's insane like you know you look at and i think too like if you look at frank Frazetta, like and i don't mean, mean this in an insulting way but if you just looked at him i don't think many people would think oh this guy's gonna make these kind of these kind of paintings, right? Like, I mean, especially with the sci-fi aspect of things and, you know, cause I think, you know, given the time frame, you know, I don't think men were really painting like that really. And, you know, I think seeing somebody kind of break that mold, it's so empowering, like really anybody can do art, right? Like anybody, you know, obviously it depends on your skill of how, of how good you can be at it, but it, it proves that point again, as always, like don't, don't judge anything just by looking at it. Right. And I think Frank was able to just create right. this type of art that obviously it's still being emulated to this day. And so what I'm what I'm curious about then is when you kind of realized, you know, your Frazetta, your Frazetta legacy, uh, how was that like? What was that like growing up? Like, did you like, like, would you flaunt that? Be like, yeah, I'm a Frazetta. Deal with it. You know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Like, how does that work? <laughs> 
I honestly never, <laughs> not once. I mean, so, so my father's last name is Taylor. So I was Taylor, um, my, my whole life growing up and, and my, um, parents got divorced and, and, you know, just doing this company, I'm like, I want my mom's name and, and I'm, I'm not married. So, and, and even if I get married one day, which I don't think is going to happen, um, I still want to keep the name Frazetta. So I, that's the, the beautiful thing about living in 2022. I'm like, I want my mom's name. I want my grandfather's name and love you dad, but you know, it is what <laughs> it is. But I, um, I, I, I honestly, I never, I, I lived in Pennsylvania with them until I was like six years old. Then we'd go back every summer. Um, we were living in Florida, their second home that they had purchased. And my grandpa, unfortunately, had to go back to Pennsylvania due to his health issues. So we'd go back every, well, for a while, we'd go back for like six months, save six months for Florida. So a lot of my childhood was being like with, with them, again, as grandma and grandpa. And of course, I'd see fans come to the museum, but it wasn't like there were parades of cars coming and people lining up to see my grandfather. And, and I think part of that was because of his health conditions. You know, he was that handsome guy that we were talking about. Well, with his Graves disease and then his strokes, he had the bulging eye from the Graves disease. He was very sickly looking. He couldn't walk well. He was shuffling. So he had lost that confidence to to go out in public. I mean, his last appearance was San Diego Comic-Con in 95, and that had been right before his major stroke. And even then his eye was bulging and he was just very, very insecure. He didn't want pictures. So a lot of the times my grandma would just tell the fans like that did visit, they'd say, well, Frank's not feeling well today. He's not going to be able to come in the museum. But that was honestly because of the insecurity. He, did, he knew that fans were going to be like, can I take a picture with you? And he was like, I, I don't want these pictures living on. And I think that's just him being an artist with himself. It's, it's, it's unfortunate we shouldn't judge ourselves that harshly, but because he was such a master, I mean, he was, he was very critical, like of, of himself, of his, of his children. Like, I, I mean, I remember my early twenties, he'd look at my, my acne face and he'd say, get rid of those. You'd be beautiful without those pimples. I'm like, thank you, grandpa. Well, un unfortunately <laughs> something is going on in my body right now and I can't help what's happening. But so he was just like, um, super critical. And again, it wasn't like I'm saying, it wasn't like a parade of cars or like, he, he wasn't like this guy out mingling with people or, or like, so fame, he wasn't, he didn't seem famous at all. But of course, sometimes in conversation, it would come up where they would be like, wait, Frank Frazetta is your grandfather? Like, do you, do you understand what that means? And I'm like, no, not, I mean, yeah, I love his art. It's, I've, I've, I've been in the museum since I was in a freaking bassinet next to my grandma as soon as I was born because I basically was born because my grandma was bored and my she forced my mom to have a baby she's like I need a baby now we were bored so <laughs> <laughs> I was the product of that <laughs> but yeah he was just he was just honestly grandpa I didn't I did not realize the how incredibly he what important he is to to like you know all of our entertainment now until he passed away, until I was out in California with Robert Rodriguez and he was the film director and he was hosting this party because he had been displaying some of the original art. And I, you know, people that I always thought were really cool and I'm like, they're famous. Oh my God. And they'd be coming up to me saying, do you know <laughs> that I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for your grandpa? And I'm like, no, but holy crap, that's incredible. You know? So, so it, it's been, it's like, it hits me in phases. Like even like if we get like a follower on, on the Instagram and like, um, 
like I'll say is Takashi Murakami, for example, like or Cause. Like like I'm a huge fan of Japanese artists, and and then when I see them follow Frank Frazetta, I'm like they were fans too. That's incredible. Like so, it's it's like a process of of understanding like, again the impact he made, how cool he really was. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, we were we were talking about that in the beginning of the show about how many people in in our lifetime have been influenced by his work. You know, we we know you know I know a bunch of artists. Uncle Dad does too, but but like you see his influence in so many. It's it's him and and Jack Kirby are like we would say they're the grandfathers of kind of comic book and fantasy art, right? And they're both very different. And I think we've all pulled. As artists, a lot of us in the comic book world have pulled from either one or both of those guys. And so, um, were, were your were, was your mom artistic as well, or were were you artistic? Like, did you draw when you were a kid? Since it was such a prominent part of 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 life for you, it's funny because my grandma was the one that would like push us to be artistic. But then, in in, in the same breath, she would say. Don't be an artist. It's too hard. Be a doctor, be a lawyer. You know, you got to go, go to, don't, don't do that. And I, and again, I think that's because she was like the business part of it. And she did realize that it's not, it's not easy to, to make a lot of money. It's just not. And even, even when you're the greatest, I mean, in the, in the height of my grandpa's career in the sixties and seventies, he was well off, but they were no, by no means rich. I mean, he just sold his painting for a million dollars that the same year he passed away. And he was like, like, I can't believe it. Oh my God. But like my grandpa never would have known what to do with that, that money, like ever in his whole lifetime. He, he lived, he, you know, he grew up in the great depression. He lived very humbly and frugal. He's Sicilian. Sicilians by nature were very, very, um, think about money a lot. I'll put it that way. Or we're like, are we, uh, <laughs> scarcity mentality. So, um, so my grandma pushed it and I think just, she was, my grandma was very creative. She kind of um, suppressed that because she had to take on the business role. And I think when you when you get into the mindset of operating a business and and making money, it is kind of hard to get into that mindset of of creativity. It's because it's more of a, it's a slower pace. It's more meditative. It's connected with nature. It's not thinking about like annoyances of of having to survive. Survival really. It's like it comes down to the simplest form, but my mom, um, my mom is very creative. My, her siblings are very creative, all all in their own ways. I'd say very much so, like in interior design, very good at that. Just like understanding textures, colors. Um, they all can draw pretty well, but uh, they didn't want to draw because of the pressure of being compared to my grandfather. I mean, even now, I'll I'll, I'll push them and say, guys, art's for everyone. We're not going to be Frank Frazetta. We're 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 our own people, and and art, I believe, is just supposed to be an expression of who you are, and and put it out there, and you know, if, if you can really tap into what you are and, and put it like a message, or not even a message, just the feeling. Um, that's that's the goal in it. But I don't know, and it's it's strange because. I've dabbled in it. I started drawing in, in 2017 and I've gotten like a, a couple like variant covers and it was fun, but I also wanted, I was doing a lot of homages to my grandpa and it was just to learn and, and to just like kind of see like how, how, how it feels to, to draw and do art. Because as a kid, I, like I said, I, I drew, but I wasn't like, I, I want to do what grandpa's doing. That was never, my, my thing was more like theater. Like I'm really, I like, I love acting. Like that's, that's my form of, 
of creative expression. Um, but, but yeah, now I'm kind of st- taking a step back and, and I want to do it from, if, if I do it and I will at a certain point, I want to come to it at, from a place of authenticity. And I also have to learn the, the, the foundations of it, the fundamentals, because every artist has to learn the breakdown of anatomy, shapes, you know, uh, pers- like just simple thing is like the, the horizon and, and vanishing points. And, and it's just for, for me, it's definitely not like easy. I'm not like a visual, really visual person. I'm more auditory. So it, it's, it's definitely, I don't, I don't really know if it like went to any of any of us in the family. Um, I think it would have been like a very clear, like, oh my God, this, this granddaughter has it. So maybe we'll skip to the, the fourth generation, but I don't think it really, I don't think anyone has like that, that drive and that 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 gift that my grandpa had because he just like he he started drawing when he was three years old and when you see his drawings from three years old how to help how, tell me how a three-year-old has depth perception like how how uh, it's oh it's always very flat and he already was drawing things that had wow. depth and i'm like that's natural that's natural that's a gift no one, no one taught him that. He just could see it and his brain processed it and said, oh, now I, I can draw it this way. My brain, it just, it's flat. <laughs> and I'm like, how do you make, how do you, what, do you like put it up on the paper? I'm like, oh, I don't get it. Like it's, it's a lot. So, and, and now Uncle Dad and Mike, you guys said you both, you, Mike, Mike, you paint and draw? Um, I, Mike I, does. Yeah, I illustrate, draw, graphic design, that sort, of, that sort of thing, yeah. You illustrate. So let me ask you, when you, when you see something in real life, can at first could you just like register it onto the paper in that same form with dimension and everything or did you see it you kind of start like flat and have to work your way to that well um yeah my early drawings were were definitely not uh, you know three-year-old depth perception at all by <laughs> any means i was just emulating uh more of cartoon stuff right so i would just copy a bunch of stuff from like okay. disney adventures and and Disney comics and, and, and still to this day, my stuff looks like I'm copying from Disney adventures and <laughs> Donald Duck comics. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, but it's, it's a, art is drawing is not easy. Like it, it's just, it's just not like you, that you have to work at it, but that's the, and my grandpa did work at it, but not really. Like it just, it was, he went, he went to art school at eight years old and the, the, uh, Mike Michel Falangia, he was a fine art, a fine artist from Italy. He was, I mean, incredible. And he was, he was very, very skeptical of my grandpa coming in at eight years old. He's like, yeah, right. This kid's going to be a kid that his parents think he's, you know, better than he is. And then when he saw his artwork, he was like, oh my God, this kid is it's insane. Like, I can't believe what he just did. So it was, Again, just he's just a one. He's like a once in a lifetime kind of artist, you know. Like like you said, like Kirby, Frazetta. It's there. There's beautiful art. There will always be artists that are incredible, but there's just there's some that are just yeah. exceptional. I think when I was eight year old, I was in the backyard playing with sticks. What were you doing, <laughs> Uncle Dad? What were you? What was I doing? Yeah, probably doing the same. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, I was with my Barbies, so, you know, sticks, sticks, Barbies. Close enough. <laughs> definitely, I definitely wasn't working under a, a fine artist from Italy or even thinking about it. I mean, it was in my, uh, lo- my, my local theater being like a, I don't know, like a, what was I? 
the Newsies, oh. Matt and Adeline, like, you know, thing, kid stuff. Wow, the Newsies. <laughs> that's impressive. <laughs> the Newsies. Yeah, I, man, I'm jealous now. <laughs> um, to talk about uh, <laughs> talking about his artwork and talking about, like, kind of all his formats he did. You know, I, I, the thing that always – how I got introduced to Frank Rosetta is probably – Probably the silliest way, but it was through the vans. Uh, I'm sure you remember, uh, or you know, the, yeah, yeah. the vans were everything. And I remember always hearing about this. And I'm, I don't know if you if you know, but like, what is the story behind that? Like, how did he get so many vans out there that had his artwork on it? And can I still find one? <laughs> you can still find one. I have seen them. People post them. I'm like, I, I can't even believe that they're they're still doing it. And I think there's kind of like a a revival of it. People are people are obsessed with the seventies, eighties. I mean, that's we're very nostalgic for times that we haven't, we weren't even living in. Um, but my grandpa, I, I don't. To answer your question, I don't really know how they came about. I think they. I, I'm sure just a, a few huge fans just started doing it, and, and everyone was like, "I gotta have a Frazetta van. That's it's insane." But um, my, I, I have a story about it. My grandpa, my mom was out in California with my grandpa. She must have been like. 12 years old and they when they had left the airport my grandpa saw one of the vans in california with like with with the uh, conan of samaria the snow yeah. giants on the side and he, and he and he commented and he goes that's really cool i can't believe they have my art on the vans so he was he was a he liked it he thought it was like a really cool thing actually we've been we've been we're, we're working on something right now with the vans I'll, I'll be excited to share that when it finally comes into oh my god if you are going to sell any oh, replica vans off. let me know and put me on a wait list because i'm gonna buy one because I, I i can't so like look i want to make a touring bus a podcast like mobile to, mobile like studio bus and it would just be the world to me if i could have a frank Vizetta be the touring bus like the, like that would just be that would be so cool. And like, yeah, and you got to do I mean, it. What pieces would you choose? What would you put uh, on it? Which ones? That'd be so hard to choose. I mean, Death Dealer is obviously my favorite. I mean, I really do love any, any Death Dealer. I can never remember the proper name, but it's the, the sci-fi one where they're both naked and he's shooting up in the sky uh, with the pistol. Uh, oh, Red yes, Planet. Yes. Yeah. I would love yeah. to have that one, but instead of it being a gun, it's a microphone. And, mm. and and it's it's Mike's body. <laughs> oh God! Yes, yes. See, she's, she's into it. it. <laughs> I'm in. I'm into it. Hopefully, people wouldn't try and run right into the van then. <laughs> and then, like on the bottom, it just says "Uncle Dad talks," but like looks hella metal. Hell yeah, man! <laughs> That's what I want. I yeah. want that so bad. You know, like. Well, it'd be great to tour. Do you guys hear my dogs barking now? Yes, I did hear that. Yes. Do you guys yeah. hear them? It's okay. Yeah. That as once. Can you guys hold on one second? Okay. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Is that That's okay? Right. Hold on. I just need to tell them to shut up. <laughs> oh, you see that death dealer back there? CGC yeah. 9.8? I'm looking. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Yeah, bring that's that. That's fucking so, so sick. Oh, I'm going to. I bet you are. Yeah, look at There's like the mother, like sketches of some dinosaur stuff back there dude that's so fucking sick man you guys want i have my big for come on get in the room you're very bad now sit down i have i have two giant german shepherds come here kiki you want to say hello <laughs> no no let me hold on let me play with no. no oh wow oh hi you guys see him 
Oh my goodness. That's that's that. All right, we're, we're good. All right, we can edit that out. Thank thank God for editing. I'm like I knew it was gonna happen. It was Someone only a matter of time. Someone has to protect all that artwork. Okay. Yeah, right. You gotta keep, gotta keep <laughs> so, the yeah. burgers. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. I have some some uh, some early works on the back. See there there I am. You guys, I know this is audio only, but you guys can see it. We have we have me going across the field to Grandma's house with Mickey Mouse in the in the wagon and Popeye. We have a, a drawing of fire and ice, and then a couple of these are just my like I to to go back. I didn't acquire any original artwork um, during this settlement, <laughs> but that's okay because I'm starting to buy artwork back, and then I have a, I have a couple originals that he painted for me over the years, just like little watercolors. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to grow my Frazetta original collection and, and then when it gets large enough, I'll hope to like exhibit it and tour it. And that'd be, that's, that's the dream. Oh, that's the goal. That would be just a dream come true. If you do like a touring thing. Oh my God. Cause like, I've always wanted to see the original pieces. I've never seen them. So I think that would just be like a dream come true to see that. So, cause I know that there's a museum, but that's too far for us. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to start my, yeah, my, uh, yeah. my Frazetta original collection. And, and so far there's none. But I'm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You'll get there, Mike. You'll get there. <laughs> but I did see an original. Uh, I, I wanted to mention this story uh, when we got on. Is years ago, I would think I was at, I think it was a WonderCon in in San Francisco, maybe Oakland. It was a long time ago, and a friend of mine is a, is a master picture framer, and also sells old comics, and frames a ton of artwork. And I would like apprentice him and help help mat it, frame it, put it together. And he had uh, an original, I don't remember the name of it or anything, um, but it involved a woman and a, either a tiger or a panther, not a shocker there. Um, but but he had the original and it was delivered to him at the WonderCon. And so it was in the hotel room and there were a couple other buddies who, who had sell, would sell old comics. And I remember going up into the room and they were they were looking at the piece. It's, you know, I don't know how big, pretty big, twenty four inches wide or something. Who knows? And they were staring at it and staring at it and staring at it. And I was I don't know, a teenager, sixteen or something. And I looked at it and I was like, wow, that's crazy. And the one guy was looking at it and he was staring. And then we left and went to lunch, came back over an hour later, and the same guy was still in the room staring at the <laughs> at like all of the intricate details and just the brush and the eyes and. It, it that experience changed the way I would look at art from just glancing at it going, oh, that looks cool to all of the intricacies that go into the details and, and what makes great art great. And also just watching this grown man googly eye over this thing for, for all that time. <laughs> I was like, it just changed the way I perceived art, especially comic, you know, comic book and fantasy art. And and I think artists want you to to do that with art. I mean, if you're spending that time making like doing this, these little details that you hope the the fans, the viewers will notice. I mean, that's like the, the I think that's the fun in it for so many artists. But it's funny you said that, Mike, because I actually that's one of my memories as a child, like being in the museum. I'd be like, why is that person still in front of that painting? Like, and I'd be like, Grandma, what are they okay? Like, why are they? And it would be like, like you said, in like an hour of them just staring and taking it all in, the brushstrokes. And I, I, I think you know what you talked about earlier, Uncle Dad, like understanding, looking at his art to understand the person. And I think that's what so many people are doing when they 
when they're really into the, the artist's life or who the artist is, they want to take the time to like really look at each brush stroke and try to analyze that, like what that could mean about the person. And I think there is a lot to that when you look at brush brush strokes and how they went about details and just the composition. It's, 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 it's very indicative of, of the person and their soul if they're doing it right. Yeah. Wow. That was really deep. Well said. <laughs> That just that Sorry. just that just got into <laughs> my soul. I can't help myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, yeah. So you know, as as we continue <laughs> to talk about, you know, do you have? Would you say that you you have a passion for art overall? Like not necessarily like drawing, but just spending the time with art, meeting new artists, getting involved with that world of art. Uh, not necessarily even Frank Pizzetta's art, just art in general. Would you say that you have a strong passion for that, or is that just something that's kind of like evolved more so because of running the business? I mean, it's, I, I definitely have, have grown an appreciation for it because of the business. Um, and, and I'm really grateful for that because I, I was never, like I said, a, a real, I'm, I'm visual, but it was more like films sure. and episodics, like music. That's, that's more of my um, just coded interest. But because of, of this business and because of, I, I really started drawing, honestly, because I wanted to understand how hard it was and, and, and it gave me more of a, an appreciation for other artists and illustrators, what they do day in and day out. And, um, I, I needed that perspective. So I, but I, now I, I really, I look at the art and I just, when it, when it's really intricate or just so unique and, and I do love it, I'm, I'm becoming more and more of a fan of, I mean, especially with like the comic series yeah. now coming out with that and seeing like different cover artists and, and I mean, I've, my, the first artist that I really gushed over when I, when I first got into the Comic-Con circuit and, and started, because I, I was never a fan of comics or really, I mean, Disney, I love I loved Disney, but I never really was a big fan of Marvel or I liked Spider-Man, DC, that's their, their Marvel, sorry. Um, but Batman with DC and that, that was about it. That was, that was where it stopped. And I was more of a, you know, into dramas and titanic like that kind of person so (laughs) it's just like a a different a different culture but when i first saw it it was bill sinkevich it was bill sinkevich in 2015 or 2014 rather at a comic con and i remember seeing his artwork and it was very moody um like more of an impressionist uh abstract and and i really his brush strokes i would just stare at it and go you're deep. Like I, we had, a, we had a lot of conversations getting to know him and I was like, you have a lot in you, a lot of emotions. And, and, you know, we, I got to know him and, and hear some of his stories and, and it did, his art did reflect who he was inside. And, you know, he comes off as this like very, just this very, he is, and he's a very gentle, like sweet, humble, but there's like, there's, there's so much more complexities to him. And I think like, that's the beautiful thing about seeing how some people would rather not sit and talk about it or psychoanalyze it instead they just put it out there on the canvas and that's how they express that's how they get it off and so I I just love art in in any form when when it can be when you can take what's in you what's bothering you and and put it out there and make the world a better place with it oh I love that Mike you must love that too oh absolutely I mean it's it's apparently the dogs love it as well Sorry. They, they oh my you guys, please. No. Okay, here we go. Alright, daddy's home now. Yay, no more barking. Now we're good, guys. <laughs> Two edits, sorry. 
I owe you. I owe you guys big care packages. <laughs> yes, oh. yes. I, yes. As a matter of fact, you do. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. I love that. I love that. Uh, I'm sorry, Mike. What were you saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's it's interesting you say that because yeah, Bill. I met Bill at a at a big Wow convention in uh, in San Jose years ago, and we were I was sitting talking to him in a bar, and I you know I knew who he was, obviously a fan, and and we had this long conversation about art and about how a lot of times you don't really see a lot of the depth in or people's the depth of artist in comic book art, right? Like it's, it's, it's a lot of pow, wow. And, uh, and action. And every once in a while you get an artist. Um, and I, and I'm, you know, obviously Bill Sienkiewicz is influenced by Frank Fazetta. There's no doubt in my mind about that at all. You know, we had this long conversation. At the end of the conversation, he puts out his hand. He goes, "Hi, I'm Bill." And I go, "Oh yeah, I know, I know who you are." But he's very humble, <laughs> very, but like you said, very kind. And it's, it's. I think it's great that I think people have this perception that comic books, sci-fi, fantasy artists, that it's, it's just like commercial, commercialized or uh, sensationalized to sell, and you know, degrading of women and yeah, yeah. And I'm sure there is that, but like. It's not all there is. Like there is art out there in that world that has depth to it, and it's and it's amazing because when you see it, you feel it right away, right? Like it's something that that pulls you into it. Absolutely, it's it's it's, and I again, I think it's like even if it's not Bill's style of of being ultra emotional in comics, there's a lot of there could be people that show their sense of humor through it. Like certain, you know, if you really look at comic art and you, and you notice those details, like what we said earlier that people want you to notice, you notice like certain like expressions and you're like, Oh, that person, that person has a sick person. I like a sick sense of humor. I like that. And just little, little things of, of self-expression. And I'm sure there could be those, those stereotypes within it. If the person's, just not able to tap into who they are, or maybe, maybe they are that person. That's okay too. We need, we need everyone to just be authentic. And then, then it's an interesting place. If you're, you're one of one in your art and how you're showing up in life, like no one can, no one can replicate you. And, you know, I think we all have to start from a, a place of, of, of emulating someone. That's how we learn art. My grandpa had his Milton Kniff stage too. And he went and he, they all looked like Milton Kniff girls and, and um, and then he had you know a lot of influence from Roy Crinkle and and Joseph Clement Cole and kind of emulated their styles and then he eventually found himself and that's just that's just the process and I think it's a beautiful thing and I don't see that as a woman with comics now that I'm reading comics I don't I don't see I don't understand where people I think they don't read the comics to make those comments mm -hmm. honestly yeah because I don't see any degrading of women from what I've seen. I'm a woman do you that. think though it could be also kind of talking about that I, like i always get her name incorrect but i think her name is maria lovett and uh she creates these incredible like artworks about women but they're very sexual very very sexual <laughs> she has a series mm -hmm. called faithful or sorry unfaithful and okay. people are saying that oh it's it's degrading and it's it's too whatever but the thing is it's such a beautiful story of exploring your sexuality exploring who you are as a woman and whatnot right and so when you say that it's do you think it's just because we're sometimes the the i guess the people on the outside are more just like i don't want to look at it because it's a 
an, a sexualized version of, of women because it's women shouldn't be like that or men shouldn't be showing things like that. Does that make sense? Like, do you think it, it's just a matter of just looking at it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's so individualized for, you know, just cultures and, and I mean, the world's a big place, but just talking from like, like my perception, um, I think it's very, and if it's coming from women, I think it's very anti-feminist to say um, women can't be like naked because it's, it's over-sexualizing. I think that's the reverse. It's like, why do our bodies showing like if our nipples are showing why does that have to be taken as sexual it's just a body so i think that i think the more that we are like women and and it can be and if, if women can women and men alike are are sexual like that's how we're made that's how we are a human species because of sex and, and because, so and start, because I, our, I, our I, grandmother I, was bored is also why we're we're made <laughs> right <laughs> you know right exactly exactly for yes. forced forced sex oh <laughs> but but kidding but kind of but no i i think i think it's pretty crazy i mean of course there's there's i think it's discrediting men to saying oh you know men are just gonna want this 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 one thing if they see that and sure like that's again nature how men are men and women are biologically made but i think you can just appreciate a body and see it and say that's a beautiful body because it's 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 a it's some a work of god it's a work of nature and i just like to look at that i don't think i don't think putting like an, an it's so stupid like you have to put clothes on clothes are stupid when you i mean we have to wear them with our with you know it's it's hygienic it's I mean, in Portland, I don't think they're wearing them. So again, it's just perceptive where you where where you are. But just to break it down and get so uptight about something as like these these fabrics we put on our skin, and then we're so disconnected from our bodies. It's like it's weird. It's a weird thing to me. And I think that's just what my my grandpa like. A lot of people will freak out because of his Lord of the Rings illustrations. I'm sure you guys have seen them. And 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 Awan doesn't have any pants on. They're like, how is she gonna be in disguise? Yeah. And I'm like, kids, listen, you're digging too deep into this. In the Frazetta world, if you go, if you dive into it, no one wears pants, and that's men and women. Like, I we get into people ask me all the time. They'll be like, well, how do you feel when people say that he was um, over sexualizing women? And and I'm like, do you look at the men? Like, do you oh. see the men have as great of asses <laughs> yeah, as the women, sure. and they also have no pants on? He wasn't discriminating. He was looking at it. He could make, he made comments like, I can see the, the, and, not, and this sounds weird, but like the, the, the beauty, the sexiness of like a tree, like, and not that he was doing anything with the tree, but that certain trees can just have a movement that's just a little bit more like, wow, what, what does that tree do? Everything in nature. I mean, that's, again, that's why everything's here is because of sexuality. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the think of trees pollinating and this, yeah. like every, this, this, it's, it's, it's just a, a weird existence that we live in and we don't understand it. And then we try to like hyperanalyze it. And I think my grandpa was really genius at not doing that and, and seeing life for what it was and then depicting that in a very visceral way and no pants. So he had, a, he had the, the human form on full display, nature on full display. And that's, I think, why we're 
most people are so attracted to the art because of that. Oh yeah, I mean, let me just say this: I've never seen men's butts so hot as the way he draw the way he draws them. Yeah, <laughs> like for real, yeah. like like they're great. they're great. It's like I mean, man, if I could like just get into that like Frazetta shape, that that needs to be a thing. Frazetta fitness. There you go. <laughs> Like yes. Rosetta Fitness. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Get some unrealistic expectations with like the extra abs, yeah. but whatever. Just try to get as close as, close Ex as you can. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it is one thing to, to, you know, embellish and, and make beautiful when you're, you know, you're creating a painting. I mean, it's, it's, we're creating something visual to look at, which is also some form of entertainment. And then you're taking things from nature, which we are as well. And, and we always seem to think, or a lot of humans seem to think that we're separate from nature, right? Like there's, there's nature and there's yes. animals and then there's us. And, and then we're walking around on the earth, but like, we're all in the same, we all come from, from this earth and of, of, in and of the same thing. And a tree can be just as beautiful embellished or not as one of us walking around. So just, just as sexy. It, it's, it's, it's great that it was well, it's great to hear you. Got a couple of sexy oak yeah. trees back there. I mean, I have my a house. crush on this tree that's down the street from my house, and I'm working up the uh, the, the confidence to talk, approach this such tree. Yeah, you're out. But uh, I don't know if I'm her type. So beautiful yeah. maple. How did you know? Sorry, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, I was going to ask. So I, I was I was checking out the web uh, Frazetta Girls website and um, reading on there. What was the what was the main? I saw that it says that there was, in 2017 there was the transition to go from conventions to more of just online kind of lifestyle brand. So was were the conventions? Was it because that scene? What was the reason for that? Was that was for like the switch so honestly um we were making no money like not like like we come back and i'm and i like i said i had to have like a few jobs mm. at the time um just to kind of float and i was like we can't really do this anymore it's 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 killing us and um it was really disappointing because we and, and we there were there were a few things so one of the things, because we didn't have the capital, we didn't have a booth like Alex Ross, uh, which Jesus. cost a lot of money. We didn't have the presence. So you'd, you'd walk by the Frazetta booth. And I, I kind of just felt at the time it wasn't good enough for Frazetta. I'm like, he needs to come in. He needs to come in hot. You know, he needs to come in like the huge booth, like line up kids. Let's give you an art history lesson and, and, and present it in a way like a, like a, a retrospective of his life. So I wasn't happy with just going and, and setting up with merchandise. It felt a little tacky and just for because of who he is. And so we, we pulled back on that front. And then we just we really did just want to focus on the web because it's such a bigger it's a bigger reach and overall. And, and we want, we're like, well, we'll we'll get back into the comic concert circuit again, but it will be like an Alex Ross presentation, something grand, something that Frazetta deserves, but we're just with COVID and everything else. I mean, now the cons are starting to get back to normal finally, but it's still, we, it, it, I think I have to wait on like the intuition, like, okay, now, mm -hmm. now it's time. Now we go. 
something something just has to line up like that. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Alex Ross, and that's part of the, the reason why I ask, because obviously there would be no Alex Ross without a Frazetta. Mm -hmm. And yeah, his booth is... It's, I mean, it's, it's as big as the DC booth. At it's Comic -Con. insane. It's yeah. insane. <laughs> and, but you go to any, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, you go to any, any booth that sells comics and you're going to see some Frazetta stuff, whether it's on the, on the wall, on a rack or, you know, prints or, or at, you know, com, uh, companies that sell comics and there's a, there's a, you know, heavy metal. I just like everywhere you go in the convention, you, you're going to see Frazetta. Um, and so, Obviously, he's he's represented, but not by the Frazetta, by the by the Frazettas, right? So, um, but but right, and if right. he would have a booth, it again, I I would see what you're saying, where it should be is on the same on the same page as a as a as an Alex Ross for sure. Yeah, and I had a couple of uh, you know these artists that I really respect, like um, Billy Tucci uh, at the time, like Jimmy Palmiotti, like I really liked them. They were kind of they were they they were friends of. Billy was more friends with my grandpa and and I remember him telling me he's like you know he's very he's very Brooklyn very straight up and he's like listen kid and he's like you gotta have a better you gotta have a better setup than this I'm like I don't have any money <laughs> like you guys want to like start something to like fund this I'm like because it's it's not gonna happen through family or <laughs> anything else but um but it, it, it's it's it gotten it when it when I heard it you know certain things people say it's like it resonates it's like it's true and I have to I have to listen to this and and move with a with a goal and intention to to make it that way so that is our intention and that like I would like to set it up like I said more of a obviously we don't we're not going to bring original art we're not going to not going to have that probably happen but um in in, in terms of a comic con but like having beautiful reproductions where you still can see all the brush strokes and like from, from the prints and have them because we're, we're having all, we've had a lot of the originals photographed with really good cameras. And so you can, you can see that, but just more of a, an educational experience and ins, an inspirational experience for, for people that to come in and not so much, not, not any kind of emphasis on selling. It would just be more of a, this is, this is what we, we just want to be out there sharing Frank Frazetta. That'd be the purpose. Man, could you imagine you do Comic Con and then you premiere a brand new van with with artwork on it? There you go. That's all you need to do. That's all I, I, <laughs> we'll come. We'll come in the van. Exactly. We're gonna get a van too. You'll you'll have a van. We'll have a van. We'll meet up. We'll have like a van. Oh hang my out. gosh! Yeah, we'll have like, like a Comic Con <laughs> tailgate in our vans. Hey, <laughs> yes. I love that, man. Yes. You know how many people people would love that? So many people would do. Oh it my too. gosh! I love that. A mini like a mini burning man but hey. without drugs and everything else. you know i just i have to ask this really fast since you brought that up are you into burning man i've never been but i i i'm curious about it i've heard some stories and i'm like this is a i can tell you some stories yes <laughs> we get it oh, have you, I go, have oh, you gone oh, like I go, I go, oh. <laughs> yeah. yes uh yeah no i've been going for 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 a long time yeah um Okay, I'm gonna have yeah. to hear some stories. Yeah, it's like, did you go into the foam bath? <laughs> I heard about a foam Do pit. Doctor Bronner's has a like, has yeah. a camp there, and they have a huge foam thing where you go in and and it's a. I have not no, but but it is there, and I do know of it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You usually go there after after the orgy yeah. go, after the orgy dome. Then you go to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> 
my my grandpa would have loved Burning Man. I'll yes. tell you what, if he would have been able to have the experience to go to that, oh, he would have. He would have been in the orgy. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I brought it up actually, because I was actually I kind of felt that through his art that he would like Burning Man, and so like you know, oh, and, yeah. and I, oh, yeah. I, I scoffed at Mike bringing it up just because, just so you're aware, we talk about. Burning Man, at least every other episode on the show, it always he always finds a way oh, so of bringing funny. it up. And so when you brought that up, I was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta yeah. keep it going. Now she yeah, exactly. Up. Okay, that's so weird. It, yeah. I didn't have to. <laughs> My energy field felt that I needed to bring yes. it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't have to find a way to wedge it into a conversation like I do with most social interactions. So thank you Sarah, for doing that. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> you just, you just made his day. <laughs> so uh, that's all. Awesome. Uh, to kind of like uh, we kind of got to wrap up, but I want to ask kind of about um, how the future of the Presenta Legacy. So we're talking, I know. You're doing comic books based upon his characters. You have the Frazetta, the Frazetta verse, which is an amazing name, by the way. A great idea for a universe name. Thank um, you. <laughs> what, what, like, what has kind of been the the idea behind it? Like, how have you been kind of creating these stories? Who's heading up those stories? How are we? What, what else can we expect from the Frazetta verse? So we have a lot of plans with the Frazetta verse. Thank. Thank God for Incendium, Lexi, Leon. Um, we had a very weird structure with our family. And, and when it was all settled, it really wasn't settled. Um, there were a lot of roadblocks with, with making things happen, publishing, um, movies, just the, the, it was very confusing and um, uh, frustrating. So we finally got past those roadblocks and we had um, a little bit more flexibility when Lexi came to us. And he said, I want to, I want to create, I want to work with you guys for a while. I want to make comics. I want to hopefully bring this to animated series, live action movies, games, like the whole thing. Um, but it's a, but it's, it's a, it's a long-term vision. It's a, you know, we're not going to just push anything to do it for the sake of doing it. We want to do it right. Um, the comic series uh, so far that we have out is Death Dealer and Dawn Attack is coming 30th of this month so that will be the, the next the sci-fi series which i'm really excited about um but the death dealer is headed by um mitch iverson and mitch iverson was he had never written comics before he was writing for dota and um another series on netflix that i can't recall the name at the moment and he had written some treatments uh, for like a barbarian story and was very close with Lexi and Lexi was like, I want Mitch to come in and, and do this. I think his barbarian treatment could work really well with, with Death Dealer. And, and we had had some conversations before of like where I wanted Death Dealer to go just based on my grandfather's ideas of like what, what kind of stories he likes. Now, of course, uh, my, my grandfather and I both share the, the love of film. So mine was a little bit more, my vision is a little bit more like, concrete for like what it should be in an F like for a series, um, a TV series of animation or, or live action. And, and again, I wasn't versed in comics. So when we had the initial conversations, you know, I was, it was more of a learning experience, um, giving me limitations on what I actually, what it was going to happen and what I could expect. And so, so the story, the comic series is, it's I, I love it. Um, it's a little bit more obviously. You can only fit so much like context and backstories into into comics. Um, so we're hoping to expand it if and when we we finally have something 
know, concrete. There's something going on right now. I, I can't share it, but uh, we have the same same thing going now with Fire and Ice. We are working with Dynamite Entertainment and the Ralph Bakshi Estate to revive Fire and Ice for its 40th anniversary, which is next year. And we are making a prequel series for the movie that's a prequel comic series. And we are doing a sequel role-playing game. Uh-huh. And, you know, we... Fire and Ice has always been like Death Dealer. I love Death Dealer, but my grandpa never really had a clear vision with Death Dealer when he was working with James Silky, when he was working with um, Glenn Danzig and Image Comics. He always kind of just said, you know, I, I don't know. I painted this image. It's the symbol of death. It's a guy on a horseback. He's ferocious. It's Death Dealer. I don't know. Have a writer come in and give him a treatment. I don't really have a, a, a firm attachment. And I always kind of felt the same way, to be honest, with Death Dealer. Um, but now with, with fire and ice, because I had watched it when I was like five years old, um, and I had watched it, I've watched it more times than I can count. I've always just had a super like attachment to dark wolf and Larn and Tigra. And I'm sure because it's the, you, you, I have that ability to, to be watching it and then like hearing the music and it's just this whole experience. It's the, the media of my choice. So we we're working really hard with I can't I can't announce who the writer is on the comics but oh my god like it was it was like that perfect alignment like the and then the artist too same thing it was the perfect alignment of how it all happened where I was like this is a divine intervention and this project will be divine and I can't believe it's actually happening we just read the first script and it's like insanely good it's so good it's all basically my goal with fire and ice was like the questions, there was there was a lot of missing elements from Fire and Ice because of the budget, because of, uh, I, I don't, Jerry Conway, Roy Thomas wrote it. And I think, I just think that it was what it was. It was just supposed to be more action, less about like, who, why are these, why, is the, why are these villages fighting? What, what's even happening? Who's Necron? What, what, what's Dark Wolf? Like, but my grandpa gave a lot of information in these interviews um, about Dark Wolf and he really loved Dark Wolf. Like, I mean, he gave so much information. So it was easier to tell, to, to guide everyone and say, this is, this is what grandpa wanted. Let's do it this way. And, and we were all very aligned with each other's vision. So I'm, I'm so excited for that project. As you can tell, like 2023 is going to be the the ultimate year. And then, and then the same thing, hopefully we can expand that into, depending on the success, we can expand that into games and, and animations and just revive that world in a, in a big way. Um, ex- what, what was the, I wanted to ask what, I know there was the development with Robert Rodriguez with, with fire and ice. Did that just kind of, you know, as things do in Hollywood, just kind of fall apart. Yeah. Yes. And no, that was a little bit because of a family member. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the obstacles I was talking about, this was a little bit before I came mm-hmm. into the business. Um, and in, it was very unfortunate, but it was, it was just, uh, we didn't understand the legality of things and how they worked. And, and basically it doesn't matter. Like, you know, <laughs> you, until you like, until you get sued, you like think, oh my God, like, I don't want that to happen. This is horrible. It's the worst thing ever. Like, like any experience in life. And then when it happens, you're like, oh, this is all a joke. <laughs> just push forward with good intentions and be a good person. And, you know, don't have your karma come back to you. But as long as you're doing it with good intentions and you're saying, no, I'm doing this and then not having fear. So that was, it was partially because of family, um, a family member disagreeing to 
two elements of where the movie was going to go and, and the usage of um, death dealer. They weren't like, they weren't allowing that. And um, yeah, I, I don't think, I, I think with Robert Rodriguez though, um, something is going to happen with Frazetta and, and Rodriguez eventually, just because it's just bound to happen. Rodriguez is like the biggest fan I've ever met. Like, I mean, he is, he's one of those that will stare at the painting for probably like, just hours and hours and hours. Like he has, Robert has like, I think like 13 original oils now. Wow. And they're all Must just be nice. hanging in his Must house. Be nice. Like casually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's Spy Kids money. Spy kids money. <laughs> Get you a lot of Frazetta art. Spy Kids money. I well, probably made more money on that. You're right. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I was going to say oh my Planet God, Terror money, but yeah. you're probably right. It is Spy Kids money. Yeah. Spy Kids and let's, and let's planet and, terror come and, on and then, well and then let's hope if there is a, a robert robert rodriguez frazetta movie that i know he's not acting anymore but bruce willis gets like a cameo in the background just at least we get the, you know he's in there <laughs> god damn it <laughs> bring him in come on bruce yeah. Yeah, just, just bruce. give us the, let's go. just give we'll us the squint bruce <laughs> just, a, yeah, just do this one you can you can do that oh first. my gosh okay well on that note that's <laughs> so we gotta wrap it up um where where can our audience connect with the frazetta legacy you and of course uh buy any of the comics and merch yeah so frazettagirls.com and you can really keep up with what's going on i have my uh frazetta fridays with frazetta girls show that I had just started a few weeks ago and I um, it's, it's going to be building slowly because I uh, props to you guys for what you do with audio and, and, and doing a show. Cause it's a lot harder than it looks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Oh my God, this is going wrong. This is going. And then when you, when you put uh, visuals with it, with video, it's like, Oh, now my light yeah. doesn't work. <laughs> so it's, it's a lot of growing pains and, and um, hopefully, you know, I'll, I'll get it to where I, I want it to be, but we're just still doing like Frazetta Friday lives and, and I kind of give just like weekly updates about everything and, and talk about like the comics or whatnot. So yeah, YouTube and then all, of course, all the social media outlets were on like every single one. So Frazetta girls find us there. Thank you guys. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on the show. It truly is an honor and a privilege to have you on here. Uh, it has been meant the world to me to speak to you. I'm sure this just as much as Mike, and uh, we hope to have maybe have you on. Maybe have some of your uh, maybe a writer come on later on talk about the upcoming books again. That'd be great. Uh, whatever we can do to help preserve oh, the yeah. world of Frazetta, please uh, count us on board because truly I don't ever want the Frazetta legacy oh. to go away. Uh, and I really can't say to you like if I could. I kind of want to get a Frazetta tattoo on me somehow, but I don't. I need to find a great artist. I think we might know one, but I, mm. I want to make sure that. I can get the Frazetta uh, ink on me one day. So truly just, again, thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on the show. Oh my God. Thank you guys for having me. This was a lot of fun. And uh, do not forget, send me your addresses because you're getting Ready. big care packages. They, they, they're just a, my way to thank you guys. It's my Italian and me. I have to give you something. I have oh, to thank give you, you a gift. <laughs> if I can't give you food, I will give you Frazetta <laughs> merchandise. <laughs> thank you so much, sir. Uh, Mike, any last words? Well, I would say if we learned anything for this from this interview, it's that clothes are stupid. Remember? Clothes are clothes stupid. Are stupid. <laughs> Sound bite. <Yes>. Clothes <laughs> are stupid. Hey, that's a great shirt for the Frazetta verse. Clothes are stupid. <laughs> On the I show. Like that. You can yeah, you give sh- you a royalty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look at that. Awesome. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you all next week.